Good morning and a very warm welcome to everyone today. Welcome to all those here present and those joining us by live stream. I want to say a particular word of appreciation to all of those who organized today. This Sacred Heart Congress has become one of my favorite activities through the year. It's so inspiring to see all of you, to see your love for Jesus, for the ways that you want to witness your lives to him, and the ways that you love his sacred heart and make him part of your lives. I want to say a word of appreciation and welcome. We have our own local talent, you might say, um, with Emily, Jeanette, and Bill Messerly leading us today. Um, Somewhat local, recently local, but... Um, really part of a much larger stage. We're very glad that Father Peter John Cameron will be one of our speakers today. And also Father Joe Laramie, we're so glad that you're both here with us. You, You honor us and we really look forward to hearing from you today. The book of Deuteronomy is maybe something of a continuation of the book of Exodus continues the story of Moses leading the people of Israel through the desert after having been rescued from slavery. It opens up for the people of Israel and subsequently to us the law. But it sets it in a context of tremendous wonder and awe. I can almost imagine Moses sitting outside the tent, perhaps by a fire, asking himself over and over again, why, how? He'll ask the people of Israel, how many nations can actually say that the Lord God is near to them as he is to us? How many can say that they know the mind and the heart of God, except for us because for some strange reason, Beyond our imagination, God chose to speak to us. He came to help us. In the reading today, Moses says, you know, we're not the largest nation out there. We're not the big important nation out there that God would say, oh, I got to watch out for these guys here. It's not because you're the largest of nations that the Lord set his heart on you and chose you. It was simply because he loved you. Simply because he loved you. And he keeps his word through the generations.
Moses many times would have been completely awestruck that God, first of all, would speak to him and lead this nation in ways beyond their wildest dreams. And yet, if you allow me to put a little bit of Brooklyn into this, he didn't know nothing. (laughs) Just an aside, I'm still trying to figure out how and why they're sending me off to to Brooklyn. I think the best I can come up with is I speak the language. (laughs) As amazed as Moses was that God would lead this nation, as amazed that Moses was that God would open his heart and reveal his will so that they could walk in his ways and find peace in in their relationships and happiness on the journey. As amazed that he was that God would feed the people along the way, put up with their groaning and try to respond to their needs. That was nothing. Even that extraordinary rescue from slavery in Egypt, crossing through the Red Sea, was nothing compared to what God ultimately would do. Though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not deem equality with God something to be grasped, but rather he emptied himself, taking on our human nature, being born in the likeness of men, He was known to be of human estate and it was thus that he humbled himself obediently accepting even death, death on the cross. God chose to empty himself not only to appear before the human race But to set aside, you might say, the garments of glory to put on our humble nature, to live fully human, fully divine, to carry our burdens with us, God would empty himself. And thus it was that Jesus came to live among us. And Jesus would spend the entirety of his life and his mission in self-emptying love. You find him at the muddy shores of the Jordan River with a bunch of self-proclaimed sinners saying... These are my people. I'm with them. You find him bending low to heal wounds, to give encouragement, to offer forgiveness and raise up human dignity. 
at the night of the Last Supper, he did in something of a symbolic way what the whole of his mission was all about. Setting aside his cloak, setting aside the outer garment to bend down and wash the feet of his apostles. To take on the role of a servant. To wash them clean. To prepare them. Pope Benedict XVI, before he was Pope, in an essay on this scene says, In the washing of his disciples' feet is represented for us what Jesus does and what he is. He who is Lord comes down to us. He lays aside the garments of glory and becomes a slave, one who stands at the door, one who does for us the slave service of washing our feet. This is the meaning of his whole life and passion, that he bends down to our dirty feet, to the dirt of humanity. And that in his great love, he washes us clean. The slave service of washing was first performed in order to prepare a person for sitting at table, to make him ready for company so that all could sit together for a meal. Jesus Christ prepares us, as it were, for God's presence and for each other's company so that we can sit down at the table. We who repeatedly find that we cannot stand one another. Boy, that's saying something pretty strong. Who are quite unfit to be with God are welcomed and accepted. He clothes himself, so to speak, in the garment of our poverty. Being able to be taken up by him, we are able to be with God. We've gained access to God. We are washed through our willingness to yield to his love. The meaning of this love is that God accepts us without precondition, even if we're unworthy of his love, incapable of relating to him because he, Jesus Christ, transforms us because he became a brother to us. Indeed, Jesus bends down to wash us clean. Now, the amazing thing is that Jesus doesn't wait for us to have it all together, right? Sometimes we want to make sure we have it all together. Isn't that what happened with Peter, right? No, 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 no. Jesus, you're not going to wash my feet. Let me get myself all together and then, then I'll come to you. One of the great blessings of the devotion to the Sacred Heart and one of the great blessings of the way that that devotion to the Sacred Heart is observed and celebrated so vibrantly here in Columbus is that we recognize that Jesus wants to be part of the nitty-gritty of our lives. Jesus doesn't want to sit off on the side 
but he gives himself into us. He gives himself to us as food so that we might carry him with us. That we might carry his love, that his heart might beat within our own bodies. Jesus wants to be part of our homes. And the enthronement that you do is a constant reminder of that, isn't it? He wants to be in the middle of where all the action is. He wants to be there when we're celebrating life and affirming one another and speaking loving words. He wants to be there when we're working things out. He wants to be there when we feel like we have the weight of the world on our shoulders. Today, through these scriptures, the Lord is inviting us to do what Moses did. To take a little bit of time simply to be amazed. To be amazed in wonder and in awe that God would choose to be so close to us. To allow God into all the corners, even the secret corners of our lives. To hear the invitation of Jesus. Come, find your rest in me. To bring to him our burdens, to take up his yoke. So that we may know he's always with us. Indeed, it's not because we've got everything together. It's not because we're the greatest, the mightiest, or the most important. It's simply because God loves us. It's simply because God loves us that he comes so close to us and shares our life, inviting us into his.